brought him here for Christmas. I was so looking forward to a quiet and peaceful Christmas this year. How would Morris Archer stop Christmas from being quiet and peaceful? Oh, you know perfectly well what I mean, John. He's such an opinionated young man, for one thing. Oh, my dear Alice, all young men are opinionated, especially when they've just left university. For three years, the poor chap has been stuffed full of opinions. Naturally, he's desperate to try them out on anyone who will listen. There is no harm in the boy. He should have become the vicar of Fordingbridge when his old uncle died, but no, he would rather farm the family estate. He positively refused to be ordained. And I am very glad that he did. Oh, John, how can you say that when you're a clergyman yourself? Because I believe that one should have a calling to the ministry. If Morris didn't have a calling, I'm very glad he didn't take it on merely as an occupation. Nevertheless, people say he is very self-willed. Surely it is dangerous for a young man to have no father or mother to guide and advise him. Indeed it is, Alice. That is precisely my point. His father was my dearest friend, and so I feel a, a duty to the lad. After all, I'm his godfather. Don't you think if Morris came to stay with us for Christmas that perhaps we could help to guide and advise him? I doubt he would listen to us. And then, of course, there's the problem of Isabel. Isabel? Oh, but how could our dear little Bella be a problem? It seems to have escaped your notice, John, but our dear little Bella is now 20 years of age and a very beautiful young lady. <laughs> I tend to agree. Mercifully, she takes after you. Oh, and if a young man were to be brought into the house, well, they... they might fall in love. Oh, oh, so that is what's worrying you. People might think that he'd been invited here on purpose. Hmm. Well, if our domestic plans are to be governed by what people might think, then our choices will become very limited indeed. And, and Bella isn't ready to fall in love. Alice, my dear wife, perhaps you mean that you aren't ready for her to fall in love. No, oh, John, I don't believe I am. No more am I. No more am I. Well, it must happen sometime, I suppose. And there's no harm in her getting a little practice. A little practice? It's important for Isabel to become accustomed to meeting young men. Here we are in a tiny village vicarage, far away from the bustle and activity of a big city or even a town. Well, that's true enough. We go to a few parties in the locality because I'm the vicar, but you've said it yourself. How is Bella to meet young men? But you have a man staying with us in the house for Christmas. Who would be their chaperone? Alice, my dear, one or other of us is always here. And, of course, there's Mabel as well. But Mabel's only a little girl. What is the very worst that can happen, Alice? Say that he falls in love with Bella and she doesn't feel the same for him. He must run his chance like other young men. He goes away dejected and she is left with a pleasant memory. Someone fell in love with her. But what if Bella falls in love with him? <laughs> you know our daughter. Bella would never give her heart to any man before it had been asked. Bella? Yes, Mabel? Can I ask you something? Of course you can. Don't you like Morris? Why do you ask me that? You're not very jolly with him. 
It wouldn't be seemly for me to be jolly with Mr. Archer, a guest in our house and the son of a dear friend of father's. But he's fun as well. And he's been here for two days now and we have such larks. But you never join in. If I were your age, Mabel, then of course I could join in with larks and frolics. But I'm 20 now and must behave sedately when in company. I wish you'd be a bit friendlier to him. Well, I certainly don't wish to seem unfriendly. Mr Archer. Uh, Miss Lound. Oh, please don't get up. I didn't mean to disturb you. Not at all. I'm only reading till it's time for tea. This is such a peaceful room, with all your father's books. I'm just fetching the string and some ribbons. Mabel and I are going over to the church after tea to put up the holly and the ivy for tomorrow's service. It's a family tradition of ours on Christmas Eve. My sister wondered if you might care to join us. Mabel only wants me because I'm tall. She likes to sit on my shoulders and boss me around, like she did when we put up the decorations in the parlour. Your sister merely thinks of me as a workhorse. <laughs> Not at all. She thinks you're the jolliest person in the world. Tell Morris I want him to come, she said. He'll do anything I ask him. Well, that's quite outrageous, and of course it's perfectly true. I'm devoted to dear little Mabel, and indeed to her elder sister. Oh, but I told Mabel that I didn't think you cared for such things, as our quaint little village customs and holly and ivy and roast beef and so forth. Well, to be absolutely candid, I do think it can be rather a bore. What can? Christmas. And everything. Uh, Christmas? A bore, Mr Archer? The season of our saviour's birth? A bore? Well, I'm sure you know what I mean, Miss Lamb. I don't believe I do, Mr Archer. I am very sorry indeed that you should think such a thing, and sorrier still to hear you say it. No, no, no. All I meant was a great deal of beef is roasted. After all, you did mention the beef, Miss Lound. And a great deal of Christmas pudding is boiled, and people try to be jolly by eating too much of everything. And the consequence is that they get very sleepy and want to go to bed an hour before the proper time. And that's why Christmas can be a bore. No, Mr Archer, no. Christmas, to me, is a time of... Well, a very special time indeed. Little children singing carols, a season of goodwill and peace on earth, and... But to hear you speak so, of plum pudding and roast beef, as if that is all that Christmas means, and to call it a bore in a vicarage library. But of course, we all have our different opinions and interests, so pray continue reading your novel, and I shan't disturb you any more with talk of Christmas, as it bores you so. Please, Miss Lound. I truly meant no offence. None taken, Mr Archer, I assure you. Perhaps you will at least care to join us for afternoon tea? Or do you find that a bore also? I would be delighted to join you, Miss Lound. I think afternoon tea is an excellent custom. The beverage itself is stimulating and delicious. And the companionship can be very agreeable too. Don't you agree? to the church with us to do the holly and the ivy. I really can't say what Mr Archer will choose to do, Mabel. Help me put the tea things out, will you? Didn't you ask him, Bella? Yes. Well, what did he say? I don't wish to repeat it. Why ever not? He wasn't rude to you, was he? I'm sure he didn't mean to be, even if he was. He's ever so nice, but sometimes he makes little jokes and you always think he's being serious. 
But there's always that little twinkle in his eye. Hush now, Mabel. He'll be here directly. What about Mama and Papa? Aren't they having tea with us? They've gone to see Miss Dimbleby in the village. They've taken her the cake we made. I do feel sorry for her, all alone at this time of year. Mabel? Oh. Miss Lound, pray tell me, who is all alone at this time of year? Forgive me, but I couldn't help overhearing you. Miss Dimbleby. She's very poor and old, and lives in a tumble-down cottage, and has no relations. Then I must send flowers to Miss Dimbleby. Why? Because I too have no relations. Oh. And I too would be all alone at this time of year if your family hadn't taken pity on me. Oh, Mabel, if you hadn't invited me here to stay, I should be trudging all alone through the snow. <laughs> but it isn't snowing. That isn't the point. The point is, Mabel, if it was snowing, and it certainly would be snowing if you hadn't invited me here to this lovely warm house, if it was snowing, and it would be snowing very hard indeed, then I'd be out there in the worst of the blizzard, a lonely, pathetic figure against the barren white landscape. Yes, very pathetic, I'm sure. Thank you, Miss Lowne, <laughs> for your sympathy. A little milk, thank you. No sugar. Don't be silly, Morris. If you weren't here, you'd be snug and toasty warm in your own house. What? My cold and gloomy old place out on the bleak moor? Humblewick Hall is a beautiful big manor house. Even a big house can be cold and gloomy when you've no one to share it with. Well, it won't be gloomy on Boxing Day. You're going to share it with us. Mabel! We're all going to drive over in the carriage and visit you. Because you invited us, didn't you? Did I really do such a foolhardy thing as that? You know perfectly well you did. And we're looking forward to it extremely. And it's only three miles away. The day after Christmas. I can't wait. Well, you'll have to wait, you bothersome imp. <laughs> and besides, there's plenty to think about till then. All the presents you're going to get tomorrow. Yes. And I'm longing to give you the present I made you. And decorating the church tonight with the holly and the ivy. You will come with us, won't you, Morris, for Christmas Eve? I suppose I shall have to. For apparently I do whatever you ask me. See the power you hold over me, wretched child. Who told you I said that? Bella, you didn't tell Morris, did you? Well... Uh, as if your sister would tell me a thing like that. Mm. I have my methods, Mabel. Like Sherlock Holmes. And my ears are everywhere. So be careful what you say about me. I have my reputation to consider. So here you are at last. At last? Heavens above, I've only been five minutes. Is that all the thanks I get for trudging out here to help you in the bitter cold? Ungrateful infant. <laughs> well, what can I do? Who's in charge? Is your sister here? Yes. She's inside, trying to put up some holly over the pulpit. And she's getting cross because of standing on tiptoe and all the prickles. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. As St Paul said, it's hard to kick against the prickles. <laughs> Shall I see if I can help her? Good idea. You can carry in this ivy for me and make yourself useful. Yep. All right, then. I'm going over to the farm to find some more. Oh, I'd better open the door for you. <sighs> Bella, Morris has come to help us. I knew he would. I'll see you presently. Ah, I'm sure we're very much obliged to you, Mr Archer. Where would you like me to put the ivy, Miss Lowne? Mabel is in charge of the ivy. 
I'm sure she will be pleased to direct you when she returns from the farm. Of course. But can I be of any assistance to you? Thank you, but I'm perfectly happy by myself. Besides, you appear to have your hands full. <laughs> then I'll leave you alone if you wish. Very well. But I do think you're a little hard on me. In what way, Mr Archer? Well, I've come here especially to help you, and now you decline my help. You came at Mabel's request, not at mine. When I asked you, you told me it was all a bore. Indeed, you said much worse than that. I certainly did not mean to ask you again. Won't you allow me to explain, Miss Lound? I truly think you misinterpreted me earlier and took what I said in a different spirit to my own. A different spirit? I was speaking of the holiday part of Christmas and all the pudding and the beef. But you answered as if I had spoken slightingly of the religious feeling which belongs to the day and that was not my intention at all. You said the whole thing was... Well, you know what you said. And why should you regard pudding or beef as a bore when it is lovingly and carefully prepared as part of the season's celebration and a sign that there should be plenty on that day for people who may not have plenty on any other day of the year? Miss Love. Mr Archie, your intention was clear. That you don't like it because something which gives enjoyment to simple people and country bumpkins is tedious to you. And I don't like you for saying it's a bore. There. That's the truth. I don't mean to be uncivil, but... You are. Very uncivil. What am I to say but the truth when you come and ask me? Well, I suppose I must thank you for speaking the truth, Miss Loud. Of course, it's the commonest thing in the world that one person should dislike another. I can perfectly understand that you would dislike me, and I have no reason to protest against such a state of affairs. You have a perfect right to dislike me, just as much as anyone else. I suppose it is just rather unexpected when one person tells another such a thing to his face. Even more so, perhaps, when that person is a guest in their home. However, perhaps the truth is best, after all. Mr Archer, I, I did not mean to be uncivil. But you did mean to tell the truth. I meant to say what I felt about Christmas Day. I did not mean to say that I dislike you, but rather that I didn't care for something you said. If I have offended you, Morris, I beg your pardon. Miss Lound. Isabel. Ah, ah, here is Mabel. Hello, you two. Oh. Goodness me, you haven't done anything while I've been gone. Come on, Morris, help me with this ivy. Or we won't have the church ready till Easter, much less Christmas. Miss Lowne, that looks a rather precarious position for a young lady. Being somewhat taller, perhaps I could take over with decorating the pulpit? I can manage. Thank you, Mr Archer. Of course. But may I advise you not to step backwards onto the lectern? It doesn't appear to be very securely attached to the pulpit, and I fear it may not bear your... Oh, 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 wait. Oh, As it were. You caught her. Well done, Morris. Mr Archer. Miss Loud. You saved her life. Yes, I, uh, I must thank you for breaking my fall. It was my privilege. Perhaps you will now put me down again. Of course. <sighs> Forgive me. Are you quite well? I find I have a slight headache. Mabel, will you come home with me? I feel I must lie down. 
Will you excuse us, Mr Archer? But mayn't I escort you home in case you feel unwell? Thank you, but no. My sister will help me. Very well. Then I will finish putting up the holly. And I'll mend the lectern as well. After all, tomorrow's Christmas Day. And what a merry Christmas it's turning out to be. There is nothing so good for a headache as an early night. I slept very well. I really can't think what made me so tired and sad yesterday. The prickles on the holly. It certainly was very prickly. And something Morris said. Morris? I'm sure it was nothing to do with Mr Archer. He seemed very tired and sad as well. Did he? Perhaps he's not used to putting up decorations. <laughs> It's quite hard work in some ways, mm. and the church is so draughty. Oh dear, is he ill, do you think? I don't know. He went to bed early as well. Perhaps he'll feel better again like you do for Christmas Day. I hope so. Well, it's still very early. I'll go down and get everything ready for breakfast while the house is still asleep. Mr. Archer. Miss Land. This is a wonder, to find you up before the rest of the house. It means a long Christmas day for you, but I sincerely hope it will be a happy one. That depends on you. I'll do everything I can. You shall only have a very little bit of roast beef, and the poor unfortunate pudding won't even be brought near you. Is anything wrong? I don't know. I hope not. The thing is, I have something to say, but some things, when one comes to say them, seem very difficult to... to... to say. <sighs> Miss Lound, I wonder if you could love me. What? I would be so glad if you could love me and be my wife. I don't know how to tell you, but I love you better than anything and everything. Better than all the world put together. I've done so from the very first moment I saw you. I have. Truly. And every word you have spoken to me since and every look of your dear eyes has only made me love you more and more. If I offended you yesterday, I beg your pardon now. Oh dear. I wish I'd bitten my tongue out before I said what I did about Christmas. I do indeed. I only meant it in a half-joking way to, to... to... Well, anyhow, I should have known that you wouldn't like it, and I beg your pardon. Tell me, Isabel. Do you think you could love me? Mr Archer! Well, may I hope at least, dear Isabel, that someday you may love me. Mr Archer, don't! Please! 
please don't ask me. Well, why should I not ask it you? It can never be. Never? Never. Are you quite, quite sure? Well, I did think that perhaps you liked me a little before what I said in the library. Perhaps you're still angry with me about that. No, no, not angry. Then why should you say never? Excuse me, Mr Archer. Of course, Miss Loud. Morris, good morning, and a very happy Christmas to you. Oh, and thank you again for your heroic rescue, catching Isabel as she fell off the pulpit. <laughs> Such adventures in sleepy old Kirby Cliff. You're up and about early. I had something very particular to do. Ah, yes, Christmas Day, lots of secret errands, wonderful season of the year. I don't know about wonderful. Oh, dear. Something the matter, old chap? Yes, sir. I'm afraid so. You are all most welcome to go over to Hundlewick Hall tomorrow as arranged, but I'm afraid I won't be there. My dear fellow, you've been called away? Some emergency, and at Christmas time? What a shame. Where will you be? I'm not sure. Africa, probably. Africa? Well, yes. On the way there, at least. It probably takes quite a long time to get there. It's as good a place as any other. Africa's wild, and a long way off, and all that kind of thing. Hmm. Morris, um, I was your father's dearest friend, and I'm your godfather, too. Won't you tell me what this is all about? Forgive me, Mr. Lowne. I should have come to you first, if it hadn't been for an accident. Another accident? Well, not like yesterday. Huh. Was it only yesterday? It seems like another lifetime. You see, I came down early this morning and found your daughter here, and I asked her to be my wife. I know I should have asked your leave, sir, but as it happens, she refused me, point blank. Oh. Mm. Well, you, 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 you must have startled her, Morris. You've uh, startled me at any rate. I don't think that was the problem, sir. She didn't seem startled in the least. She took it all very calmly. She just told me plainly that it could never be, and then walked out of the room. Hmm. Perhaps she wasn't expecting it, Morris. Expecting it? I'm sure she wasn't. It's quite clear that she hadn't thought about me any more than if I were an old dog. Oh, well. I shall get over it, sir. Oh, the eternal mystery of woman. As you know, I am surrounded by the dear creatures and I'm still mystified by them every day of my life. Now, by the way, if you had asked me, dear fellow, of course, I, I would have had no objection. All I can say, if I were to venture some advice to a young man in matters of the heart, uh, do not be hasty. Uh, but it would be a waste of words, because that is exactly what young men are. Hasty. Well, I suppose as this is Christmas, I'd better stay on here today. Of course you must. But I'll set off first thing tomorrow, sir, if you don't mind. I couldn't stand it, being here. And... 
Besides, my being here must be very disagreeable to her. Not that I suppose she bothers about me any more than if I were an old cow. I am sure that my daughter doesn't think of you as a cow, Morris. Or as a dog, either. But of course, I understand your feelings. Still, you mustn't hurry off to Africa or anywhere else because of Isabel. Do you hear me, lad? Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, we should prepare ourselves. The ladies will be down for breakfast directly. So sorry. Listen to your mama. If this man's love is worth having, he will ask you again. Oh no, I don't think he will, mama. I know he won't. I told him it could never be. Yes, my dear, but even so, he may summon up the courage to ask you again. Oh, he will be very unlike other men if he does not. Why did I say it? My mouth was saying it could never be with absolute certainty. And yet my heart was full of love. He was kneeling to me, asking me to be his wife, and all I could do was reject him. If only you'd seen the look in his poor, sweet eyes. What is wrong with me? No, 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 no. it was only the shock, my dear, I'm sure of it. You couldn't think straight. And of course you couldn't possibly have accepted him. He hadn't even asked your father's permission. He was so sudden. Poor Morris going down on his bended knee and then having to get up again. Even so, it was very, very wrong of him. And the whole thing is entirely his fault. <laughs> Anyhow, Bella, we must put a brave face on it for now and try to enjoy our Christmas day hmm? as best we can. <laughs> There's a secret. Has someone said something? There is a secret, isn't there? I'm sure it's about Morris. Don't. Don't. All through breakfast, he didn't say a word. And he looked so odd. Like one of those engravings of the holy martyrs. I do like Morris so much. Don't you like him? Please, do not talk about him just now, Mabel. Bella. I think he is in love with you. Mabel? And if he is, then I think you should be in love with him too. Oh! I don't know how you could ever find anyone nicer. And it would be so convenient. He's come to live at Hundlewick Hall, which is only three miles away. Oh, just think how handy it would be if you married him. Then we would see you all the time. And think how pleased Papa would be. His eldest daughter marrying the son of his dearest friend. He asked me. And I refused him. Oh, I said it could never be. Oh, he might ask me again. Mama said he would. Did you actually say to Morris, it could never be? Those exact words. Then he won't ask you again. Then I shall die.
Christmas, Dimbleby. And to you, Miss Lound. Uh, could you and Miss Mabel come in just for a moment? <laughs> but of course. Mabel? Oh, yes. <sighs> now, I'm sorry about the mess, but I just want you both to see these flowers. Flowers? <sighs> oh, how lovely! Uh, have you ever seen the like? Uh, from that nice young man who's been staying with you at the vicarage, Master Archer. <laughs> Uh, fancy that. A bouquet of flowers for an old spinster lady on Christmas Day when he must have ever so many sweethearts. <laughs> Fine-looking boy like himself. Oh, and, and that's not all. Can't you smell the beef a-roasting? Beef? Look at the card. It's come all the way from Collins's over to Wandlewick. Oh, but of course there's no butchers here in Kirby Cliff. Ah, Collins's. That's quality meat, that is, and delivered to my door as a Christmas gift in honour of the day. Oh, I can't remember the last time I had a bit of beef in this house. Wasn't that nice of Morris? <laughs> Don't you think, Bella? <laughs> Very nice. Hmm. Well, happy Christmas, Miss Dimbleby. And to you, my dears, and to all at the vicarage. Oh, what a day it is, to be sure. Mama, wasn't that nice of Morris? It truly was. Very nice of him, dearest. And he never breathed a word to any of us. He's like a knight in shining armour. If he'd asked me to marry him, I should have said yes straight away. <laughs> I would do anything he asked me. <laughs> I'm glad you're fond of Morris, darling. We all are. Except Bella, the one he wanted to marry. Oh, I rather think Bella is fond of him, too. But she told him it could never be. And you saw how frosty they were over lunch. Yes, my dear, but we all say things we don't mean sometimes. And when young people are in love, there's no accounting for the way they act. Then she does love him. I feel sure of it. There must be something we can do. Sometimes, Mabel, it's best to leave things be. You'd be surprised how things often sort themselves out, given time. But there is no time. He's going away tomorrow. Well, I think I'll go for a walk, if you'll excuse me. Has anyone seen Mabel? She might care to come with me. Oh, Morris, you are very kind to think of her. She's just in the library, I think. She won't mind if I disturb her? Not in the least, I'm sure. Hello? Mabel? Mm? Would you like to come for a walk? Quick, come in. Now, shh, close the door. What's the matter? Don't look, Morris. I haven't quite finished. I'm changing your Christmas present. My present? I've made you a bookmark. Although I don't think I've ever seen you read a book. I suppose you read enough books at university to last you forever. Oh, Mabel, how very kind of you. I shall treasure it. And I'm just writing the motto for you. Except I haven't got quite room. And I didn't know how to spell succeed. S-U-C-C-E-D. Double C? I've only put one C, but I was in such a rush I didn't have time to check. So it will have to do. Here. If at first you don't succeed. And there wasn't room for the rest of the words, but I'm sure you know them. Try. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, my dear Mabel. This could be a very precious gift indeed. I hope it will be. If it means what I think it means. I think it does. If you're thinking what I think you're thinking. I think I am. You don't happen to know where your sister is by any chance? Bella. She's gone to the kitchen to make some tea. I wonder if she'd mind if I join her. Well, you can only ask, can't you? Yes, Morris. Oh, Isabel. <laughs> so you did love me. If I do now, then that should be enough for you. But yes, I truly did. It's only that you were so very sudden. I've been so unhappy since, though. And I thought that perhaps you might never speak to me again. Well, I found the courage somehow. And of course, you should have spoken to Papa first. I've talked with him now anyway. And he said that if I had asked, he'd have no objection. No objection? Oh, isn't that lovely? But, Morris, if we are to be married, you must promise me one thing. Anything, Bella. You will never again say that Christmas is a bore. Oh, I promise. <laughs>